Hello, brothers and sisters. Thanks for tuning in this evening to another solid ground. Thank the Lord there's so many things out there that are shaky, but tonight on God's Word with His Gospel, which is the theme for this semester, we're standing on solid ground. We got a solid message tonight, so need everybody focus in, okay, because we're, uh, we're borderline PhD level material here tonight with the content of the threefold seed in humanity. Borderline PhD material, so grab your Bibles, grab your spirit, turn your heart, and let's get into this. So I want to welcome everybody. Let's get into the good news, the gospel of the threefold seed in humanity. That's a crazy title, right? So we're going to dive into it, but as a little introduction, when I say seed, when the Bible says seed, what we're talking about is when, when you see the word seed, you got to think son. you got to think descendant. So when we're saying the threefold seed in humanity, we're talking about a threefold descendant, a threefold son. And that is going to be the good news that's going to be proclaimed tonight. So, you know, we saw last week the person of the gospel. The person of the gospel, the gospel is wrapped up with this person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when, you know, the Bible talks about this matter of the seed, this threefold seed, it's emphasizing three persons. That's why it's a threefold seed. And from beginning to end of the Bible, these three persons are emphasized. And what and who these three persons are, it's a woman, it's Abraham, and it's David. So the threefold seed we're talking about is Christ as the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, and the seed of David. So that's what we're going to get into tonight. And brothers and sisters, everybody tuning in, this is some really, really good news of Christ being the seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, and the seed of David. Okay, what we're going to find out is when you look at your outline, there's, it's structured in a very specific way. You're going to have a, a reference to an Old Testament verse, that's going to talk about, it's going to speak to a prophecy concerning that seed. Then it's going to come to the New Testament, and it's going to show you the fulfillment of that seed. And then there's going to be another verse or two that's going to show you the result of that seed. So, without further ado, let's get into it. The first one, the seed of the woman. Okay, make sure you got your outline. Make sure you got your outline. Okay. The seed of the woman, it starts in Genesis 3. And let's get a little context here, okay? Genesis 3 starts with the serpent, Satan being whack, being crafty, slithering up to Eve, and he starts putting questions in her mind. Did God really say this, that? And they start having a dialogue. And what ends up happening, we all know that the serpent tempted Eve, she looked at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's two main trees in the garden, the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. The tree of life they could eat. God told them, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan tempted Eve. She saw that, oh man, the fruit of this tree, it can make oneself wise. It was beautiful. It was good for food. And the serpent deceived her. She took that fruit. She ate of it. She took a big juicy bite. She called Adam over and said, hey, Adam, take a piece of this fruit. 
he took he um, took a bite as well. And then what happened? Their eyes were open. They saw that they were naked, and they sewed fig, fig uh, leaves together to clothe themselves to cover their nakedness. Now, right after that, God is walking through the garden, and he asks, and Adam and Eve, they hear him walking through the garden. Maybe they see him. I don't know. But they recognize that he's walking through, and they go, and they hide themselves because they're ashamed. And God asks, where are you? And then Adam and Eve, they enter into this dialogue, and you know, God's talking to Adam, and Adam, he points the finger at Eve. He's like, hey, hey, don't look at me. Look at Eve. And then Eve's like, hey, don't look at me. It was the serpent. The serpent deceived me. So, you know, everybody's pointing at the finger at everybody else. And God, in his mercy, in his loving kindness, he doesn't come with judgment towards Adam and Eve, but he begins speaking to the serpent. He begins judging the serpent immediately as the source of the fall of man. And that gets us into the first verse here with Genesis 3. So after God begins cursing the serpent, this is what he says in Genesis 3.15. It's on your outline. God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. Her seed, the woman's seed. He will bruise you on the head, but you will bruise him on the heel. So, Let's walk through this, okay? There's a lot of pronouns going on. So Genesis 3.15, I, that's God, will put enmity between you, that's the serpent, Satan, between you, the serpent, and the woman, there's Eve, and between your seed, that's the serpent's seed, and her seed, boom, there it is, her seed, the seed of the woman. There's the prophecy of the seed of the woman. And what's going to happen? He, who's the he there? That's the seed of the woman. He will bruise you. Who's the you there? The serpent. The seed of the woman will bruise the serpent on the head. But you, that's the serpent, will bruise him on the hill. Did y'all catch that? He will bruise you on the head, but you will bruise him on the hill. Okay, what's going on here? All right. Well, let me ask you a question, okay? Especially in the matter of, of being bruised. Would you rather be bruised on the head or on the heel down here? I think we would all say, yeah, I'd rather take a shot on the heel than a shot in the head. Okay. So we already, we already know from the intro from last week, Christ being the person of the gospel, he's the seed of the woman, okay? When was Christ bruised on the hill. When was Christ bruised on the hill? By the serpent. Well, think about it. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, where did the nails go? They went here, and they went down here through his feet. When those nails went through the Lord's feet, that was him being bruised by the serpent on his heel. And that's why in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, by whose bruise you were healed. So our Lord Jesus Christ, as the seed of the woman, was bruised by Satan on the heel. Now, let's jump to the New Testament, okay? Because I want you guys to have the verse that shows that Christ is the seed of the woman, okay? We've seen the prophecy. Now let's see the fulfillment, all right? 
We see this in Galatians 4.4. Because I don't just, I just want to tell you that Christ is the seed of the woman. I want you to see it in the Word. Galatians 4.4. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth His Son, there's Christ, born of a woman. Born of a woman. There's the seed of the woman right there. Remember? The seed is just a descendant. A seed is a son. Okay? In humanity, the, the Lord, as a man, was a son of Mary, but His Father was God. So there you go. Galatians 4.4. 4. Now, think about this, okay? It's very important that the Lord was, was born of a woman because if He wasn't born of humanity, if He didn't have this right here, okay, how in the world is Genesis 3.15 going to be fulfilled when it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ being bruised on the hill? How is Satan going to drive nails through his hill if he doesn't have blood and flesh like me and you? That's why he has to be born of a woman, but he's also begotten of the Holy Spirit, so he's divine as well. So we're not going to dive too much into the weeds into that, but we got to realize that it was important for Christ to be born of a woman, to have the humanity, to have the flesh, to take that bruising through his heel so that we could be healed, okay? Okay, let's jump, let's jump back to the serpent, all right? We've seen the Lord. Okay, he's the seed of the woman. He got bruised. Now let's flip it, okay? The Lord does some bruising himself. When did the Lord bruise the serpent's head? Okay, which is way worse to get bruised on the head versus being bruised on the heel. When did that happen? All right, we got to read Hebrews 2, 14, all right? This is what it says. Since therefore the children have shared in blood and flesh, he also himself in like manner partook of the same. This is talking about Christ. Okay, that through death, what death? The death on the cross. That through death, he might destroy him who has the might of death, that is the devil. Christ on the cross bruised the serpent's head. He took a blood and flesh, and as he was being nailed to the cross, it wasn't just this poor little man from Nazareth, you know, bleeding there, dying there. Yes, he was getting bruised on the heel, but at the same time, in the spiritual realm, he was bruising, he was crushing the serpent's head. That's why through death, the Lord Jesus Christ, as the seed of the woman, what was the result? The result of him as the seed of the woman is the one who bruised the serpent's head. He destroyed and crushed Satan. That is good news, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> we got to keep moving, okay? We're going to the next aspect of the seed the seed of Abraham okay let's read our first verse before that let me take a quick drink here your boy's getting excited <laughs> seed of Abraham let's go Galatians 3 8 yes say okay Trevor it's New Testament all right it's referencing an Old Testament verse okay we want to see the prophecy of the seed of Abraham. Galatians 3.8, it's referencing, referencing Genesis 12.3. Genesis 12.3 says, And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles out of faith, announced the gospel. Whoa! you telling me the gospel is before John 3.16? This is what this says announced the gospel beforehand to Abraham in the Old Testament. What was this gospel? In you, 
shall all the nations be blessed. In you, Abraham, shall all the nations be blessed. Okay. Some of you may be thinking this, Trev, I don't see the seed of Abraham there. Fair enough, fair enough. It doesn't say it explicitly, but let me show you where it is. It's in these two words, in you, in Abraham. Remember, a seed is a descendant. All the descendants of Abraham were in Abraham, right then and there when God spoke that to him as the gospel. In you is a reference to the seed of Abraham who eventually would come forth out from Abraham and bless all the nations. So there's the prophecy. What about the fulfillment of the prophecy? This is where we need to read Galatians 3.16, okay? Let's read that. Feel free to read along if you want to. But to Abraham were the promises spoken and to his seed. He does not say into the seeds as concerning many, because Abraham had a lot of seeds. Sorry, that wasn't in the word. That was my little interjection, okay? Into the seeds as concerning many, but as concerning one, and to your seed who is Christ. So in God's eyes, yes, Abraham in an earthly way, had a lot of seeds, whole bunch of descendants, okay? Uh, the whole Jewish race comes from Abraham. That's a lot of people. But here, Paul's saying Galatians, there's really only one seed, and the seed of Abraham is Christ. Okay. So let's go back, all right? Let's go back to the reference to Genesis 12:3 that was in Galatians 3:8. God said the gospel to Abraham, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Who was in Abraham that would eventually come forth from him as a seed that would bless all the nations? The Lord Jesus Christ as a seed of Abraham. And how do we know that? Well, we saw in Galatians 3.16, the seed is Christ. He's going to bless all the nations. But brothers and sisters, the next question we need to ask ourselves is what is this blessing that's going to come forth from the seed of Abraham? Well, that's why we have the next verse. We've seen the prophecy. We've seen the fulfillment of the prophecy. Now, what's the result? Okay, that brings us to Galatians 3.14. It says, In order that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay, let's, uh, let's break this down. Let's break this down. First of all, we need to see the two that's, okay? In order that the blessing of Abraham, take note of that. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to say that 10,000 times, but <clears throat> in order that the blessing of Abraham, there is another that later in the verse that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, okay? That the blessing of Abraham equals, because you have the that that connects them, receiving the promise of the Spirit. You got it? The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham 
is the fulfillment of the promise of the Spirit that we receive in Christ Jesus as the seed of Abraham. All right, let's break it down. We're going to break it down, okay? God says, as the gospel to Abraham, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. What was in Abraham that would be a blessing to the whole earth? His seed. And then the Lord said, through Paul, there's really only one seed of Abraham, that's Christ. So Christ, as the seed of Abraham, would come forth, and he would go through a process of human living, death, resurrection, and through that process, he would become the life-giving spirit so that all those who believe in with him, believe into Christ, now could receive him as the life-giving spirit, as the blessing to Abraham, as the fulfillment and result of him being the seed of Abraham. Did you catch that, brothers and sisters? Now Christ as the Abraham, he's able to bless all the nations of the earth because now he is the spirit and he's ready and he's available for anybody who wants to receive him. You just open up and call on his name and he comes in and whatever you need, he is. Christ, he's no longer confined as he was when he was prior to his death and resurrection just to one place on the earth. Now as the spirit, he can meet you wherever and whenever and whatever you need in that moment, he can be that because he, as the spirit, is everything that we need. What do you need, brothers and sisters, right now? What do you need right now? The Lord wants to bless you, not with something, but with someone, himself, as the Spirit, as the promise of the Spirit. He wants to bless you with himself, with whatever you need. And most of that, all, most of our needs are right here, right inside. We need patience. We need love. We need kindness. We need compassion. We need mercy. We need forgiveness. We need so many things, brothers and sisters. He wants to come to us as the Spirit and be everything that we need as the seed of Abraham. That's the real blessing, brothers and sisters. Christ is the seed of Abraham as the Spirit that we receive to be whatever we need, whenever we need Him, wherever we need Him. Praise the Lord for that. Okay. We got to keep it moving, all right? I hope y'all are enjoying this wonderful gospel tonight, this wonderful good news. Okay, moving on to the seed of David. Seed of David. <clears throat> the promise of the seed of David can be seen in 2 Samuel, Samuel, 2 Samuel 7, 12. Let me get a swig here. 2 Samuel 7, 12. Uh, God is talking to him. Talking to Saint, uh, David, sorry, says, When your days are fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will, I will raise up your seed after you. There it is, the seed of David. I will raise up your seed after you, which will come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. I will raise up a seed after you. Oh, sorry, I will, I will, I will raise up your seed after you. He will come forth from your body and I will establish his kingdom. What about the fulfillment? Okay, well, that's why we have to read Romans 1.3. It says, Concerning his son, 
Okay, that's God's son. Who came out of the seed of David according to the flesh. Out of the seed of David. So, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, David, he had a lineage. He had some descendants. And then out from that lineage came the Lord Jesus Christ as the seed of David, who prophesied, who was prophesied in 2 Samuel Samuel 12, 2 Samuel 7, 12. That's kind of hard to say. I will establish his kingdom. Think about it, okay? If you come from a king, if you come from a royal lineage, what is your destiny? Your destiny is to reign. You're royalty. You're supposed to sit on the throne. So what is the result of the Lord Jesus Christ as the seed of David? He is the one that's going to be crowned as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's going to sit on the throne of the majesty on high, and he is going to rule this universe. And he's not going to rule just by himself. He's going to rule a wonderful domain because you can't, you can't be a, a legitimate king if you don't have a dumb. You need a domain. So, the, so God says the seed of David, he's going to establish his kingdom. Christ becomes king of king and lord of lords. You see that in Revelation, I think it's 19. I don't have the verse there. But I think it's Revelation 19. He's the ruler of the kings of the earth. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's been crowned with glory and honor. He's been given a kingdom. So he has this wonderful kingdom that he's reigning within. And brothers and sisters, not only is Christ ruling and reigning, but when we believe into him, when we receive him as the king, King Jesus Christ, okay, this is cool. Not only do we become a part of his kingdom, but I would say even something more substantial, which is communicated, communicated to us in Revelation 1.6. says, and made us a kingdom. Priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the might forever and ever. Amen. So not only Jesus Christ as the king has the ability to bring us into his kingdom, but even to make us his kingdom. That is the result of the Lord Jesus Christ as the seed of David. So brothers, we're going to summarize this gospel. Okay, we're not done. All right, we're going to summarize this gospel in one phrase, okay? Okay, the seed of the woman, seed of Abraham, seed of David. One phrase, you ready? Okay, brothers and sisters, the enemies are gone. The blessing is here, and we are in the kingdom. We even are the kingdom. So I want you to say that with me, okay? This sums up the gospel of the threefold seed in humanity. The enemies are gone. The blessing is here. And we are in the kingdom. And you need to say that to your neighbor right now. I'm going to say it one more time. Brothers and sisters, the enemies are gone. The blessing is here. And we are in the kingdom. That's the good news. That's the gospel of the threefold seed in humanity. Seed of the woman the seed of Abraham, and the seed of David. Now, we're going to move on to the second half of the message right here, talking about our experience of the threefold seed in humanity. Now, what's very interesting, what's very interesting is that when you come to the first chapter of the New Testament, you actually have the threefold seed right there in the first chapter of the New Testament. But the threefold seed, it's not laid out in chronological order. 
Um, you know, because the woman comes first. We saw that in Genesis. Then Abraham comes first. That's also in Genesis. And then the seed of David comes first. We saw that in Samuel. Okay, that's the chronological order. The chronological order is not that. It's not seen that way in Matthew 1. Check it out. Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, and then 21, and she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Son of David, son of Abraham, Seed of the woman, okay? Bear a son, call his name Jesus, all right? Why that order? Why did the New Testament in chapter 1 switch it up on us? Okay, there's several different reasons, but we're going to hone on one. It has to do with our experience with the threefold seed. Now, let's start off with this, okay? If you're a believer, you already have Christ in you as the threefold seed, <clears throat> But we don't want to just have doctrinal knowledge of the threefold seed. We want to know him for real, for real, in our life every day. Not just up here, but in here, experiencing him, enjoying him, knowing him personally in this way. So what does it look like to experience the threefold seed presented here in Matthew chapter 1 in this order? Starting off with the seed of David, okay? What is it like? How can we experience the seed of David on a daily basis? Brothers and sisters, <clears throat> Matthew 14, oh, sorry, Matthew 4, 17. It says, From that time Jesus began to proclaim and say, Repent, for the kingdom of the heavens has drawn near. Key word, repent. Repent for the kingdom. Brothers and sisters, every day, King Jesus is here. He's here with the kingdom. We need to repent. Every day we need to repent. And when I say repent, when the Bible says repent, it just means turn. We turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I turn to you. And that's going to bring us, you're probably wondering, what in the world's going on over here? Starting off with our experience, seed of David. A good prayer to pray. Lord, I turn to you. I repent. I turn to you. You're the king. I turn to you, Lord. And what happens is, when we do that, brothers and sisters, we're actually going to move into the second aspect of the threefold seed, which is the seed of Abraham. When we turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we open to Him, when we humble ourselves before Him, when we enthrone Him in our hearts, He doesn't just come in and just rule us uh, as the king with an iron rod. He actually comes in and begins to supply us with Himself with whatever we need. Think about it. Whenever you've obeyed the Lord and opened to the Lord and allowed Him to come in, He just comes in so sweetly in such a sweet, supplying flow of grace. And that's why I love this verse here that we have on our outline. It is Acts 3, sorry, two verses, Acts 3, 19 and 28. It says, repent, which we just talked about. Turn to the king. Repent, therefore, and turn, that your sins may be wiped away, so that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So Christ is the king. He'll come as the seed of David. You turn to Him, but then our experience will automatically issue into such a 
refreshing experience, a season of refreshing from His presence because He comes to us as the Spirit with whatever we need in that moment to supply us in such a way that we can obey Him as the King. And then what happens after that? Brothers and sisters, we are now ushered into the experience of the seed of the woman. And with the seed of the woman here, there's not a verse reference um, explicitly about it uh, because there's a bunch of stuff. But I wanted to reference a Christian song that I think the majority of us are familiar with, okay? And it's a song that most believers sing in December around the Christmas holiday, but I think it needs to be sung all the time because it's amazing. The song is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I think a lot of us are familiar with that song. And there is a stanza in there, and this is how it reads. It's talking about the Lord. It says, Come, desired nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. Rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. So this brother, Charles Wesley, he knew, okay, Christ is the seed of the woman. But he he didn't know just Christ is the seed of the woman's head on the cross 2,000 years ago. He realized that in himself... There was the serpent's head that continually rises up time and time again. And brothers and sisters, what does it look like to have the serpent's head rise up within us today? And you just, we scroll through the phone and you see that Instagram pic from you know, the person in your class in your dorm and that sense of jealousy rises up from how they look, what they're experiencing, what they have. That's the serpent's head rising up. What about when somebody, an authority figure, tells us to hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Parents, hey, son, take out the trash. Make up your bed. Or a teacher, hey, put your phone away and pay attention. Okay? If there's that inward resistance rising up, that's the serpent's head rising up. And what needs to happen is that Christ, as the seed of the woman, needs to rise up and bruise the serpent's head within us. And brothers and sisters, as we take Christ as the seed of David, Lord, I turn to you. We experience Christ as the seed of Abraham. And a good prayer here is, Lord Jesus, fill me. Lord, fill me up. What happens is, is that Christ has a way as the seed of the woman to bruise the serpent's head within us. So as he moves in, as he floods us and he fills us, he's just crushing the serpent's head within us time and time again. And those things that used to cause us to react and be so volatile and those things that had such a grip within our hearts that we gravitate to so easily that we know we shouldn't, we find ourselves less and less susceptible to those things and stronger and stronger to resist those things because the seed of the woman in us is bruising the serpent's head time and time and time again. And Satan, as the evil serpent, has less and less ground within us to influence us to do things that disobey the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's our experience subjectively of the seed of David, the seed of Abraham, and the seed of the woman. And what's awesome, we're going to finish with this. What's awesome, brothers and sisters, is this actually ushers us into deeper experiences of the threefold seed. 
So we're in this cycle again and again and again and again and again. We get deeper and deeper, but also we start experiencing other things, okay? Check out the next verse here on your outline, Romans 5.17. For if by the offense of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Those who receive will reign. Those who receive will reign. So we experience this right here. You know what? The Lord Jesus Christ, the more he reigns in our life, you know what happens? We begin reigning. We reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ reigns, and then also we begin reigning. What else? We enjoy Christ as the Spirit, as the blessing to the nations, the blessing to the earth. What happens to us over here? We become a blessing. Ezekiel 34, 26. God says, And I will make them and the places around my heel a blessing. I will make them a blessing. That's us, brothers and sisters. God wants to bless us with himself as the Spirit and then make us a blessing to so many others. Okay? We bless. We bless others with Christ as the Spirit as the blessing to all the nations. And then finally, as we're experiencing this, and we're experiencing this, we get Romans 16.20. Now, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Whose feet is that? That's the feet of the brothers and sisters in Christ who are in this experience. So you know what? Satan is the seed of the woman. He brews a serpent. We bruise. So we're in this. And then we're in this. And brothers and sisters, that's the gospel for tonight. Remember our slogan, okay? The enemies are gone. The blessing is here. And we are in the kingdom. Thank the Lord for the gospel of the threefold seed in humanity.